We live in a win world, don't we? Everything pretty much is about winning. Hmm? And it doesn't matter if it's Charlie Sheen and Tiger's blood, right? Doesn't matter if it's four and five year old T ball. Doesn't matter if it's rock, paper, scissors. Doesn't matter if it's a political debate or race. It doesn't matter. Even now, these, these shows and everything that try to figure out who has the best marriage proposals, right? Everything is about winning. Now, the thing about this urge we have when we say something like, you know, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing, right? The problem with that is when, when we are driven by that sense of winning, some things get thrown out. Like, for example, common sense sometimes, right? Or decency sometimes. You ever been to a four- and five-year-old t-ball game? Okay. Wisdom sometimes gets thrown out. Rational thinking, integrity, love, maybe even our way. Maybe even the truth of what we thought we were doing gets thrown out. And even maybe, in some, some circumstances, our lives. Think about the Giants fan who was almost beaten to death, who was still in critical condition because he was beaten by uh, people from another team. See, sometimes this, this attitude of just winning, 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 and i got to win just takes over us. And it doesn't even matter what we're trying to win anymore. It's just winning becomes important. We don't even care about learning. We don't even care about if we're saying the right thing or if we've got something new to learn or anything like that. It doesn't matter. The only thing that's important is winning. Now, I say that because what we read from John 14 today, I consider to be uh, the Christian version of winning. Those familiar words that Jesus spoke. I am the way, the truth and the life. You've heard that before, right? It's one of those verses we memorize, perhaps. And it's one of those verses, I think, that many of us as Christians, we just hold on to. Especially in a, in a world like ours that is growing more and more pluralistic, when we have people who are not quite like us at all, living next door to us, or down the street, or going to our schools, going to our shopping centers, you know, and we have people coming from different cultures and religions, and sometimes things can get a little testy. And before they get too testy, you know, we hear John 14, 6, and we just hold on to it, right? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and don't try to tell me anything else. Right? Maybe we kind of cover our ears and we shout and we grind our teeth sometimes. Because what's important is winning. Now, I'm going to affirm to you that I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And in Jesus, in God, there is salvation. But I also want to suggest to you this morning that maybe our idea of winning is a little off. Especially when we try to put that onto Jesus and his words and the life that he lived. And I want to suggest that to you, and as a way to demonstrate it, I want us to think about Stephen, Stephen that we read from Acts 7. Stephen is considered to be the first martyr, right? You know that word. The word itself just means witness. 
And Stephen was the first person to witness to the truth of Christ with his own life, right? Uh, he, he gave a speech, if you will. People responded. They took him outside the city. They stoned him to death, which is a practice that is still uh, being done today in some parts of our world. But what I want us to do is look at the, the way that text reads out and to think about a few things about Stephen, I think, help us help us to consider more what maybe those words of Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life, might mean for us. Jesus first said, I am the way, right? Now, we didn't read it, but if you go back a little bit in Acts, there's been other apostles and people who have been asked the same thing Stephen was asked. And essentially what happened with Stephen is somebody set him up, right, so that he can uh, be charged and maybe who knows what else. And so there he is in, in front of this council, right, of the religious authorities, and they ask him, well, are these things true? And then Luke says that everyone was staring at him as if they were looking at an angel. Now, right, I'm kind of doing my own inflection, right, but it, Luke tells us that, like they were looking at an angel. Then the angel says something crazy, doesn't it? Then the angel says something that don't sound very angelic, right? Now, we didn't read that part uh, either. Essentially, what, <laughs> what Stephen says is, you bunch of stiff-necked people. That's not very angelic, is it? But this angel speaks, and because he speaks and says what he says, Luke says that the people became angry. What's really interesting, and some of your versions, some of the older ones in particular, say that the people were cut to the heart. Does that sound familiar? Last week we talked about Peter preaching to 3,000 people, and Luke says they were cut to the heart, and they responded by being baptized and, and joining in fellowship and the prayers and so on and so forth. And if you think about that same thing now, here you have this angel speaking, and the people are cut to the heart. But they respond a different way, don't they? They grind their teeth at him. And then as he's speaking some more, they close their ears and they start yelling at him. And then they take him out of the city. Incidentally, what does that remind you of? You know, just... A little temper tantrum, maybe. Because we're supposed to win and you're telling me I'm not winning. Maybe they would say, and so they take him out outside the city and they stone him to death. But what's important for us, I think, is that as all this is going on, the most powerful and inspiring thing is the way Stephen responds. And as you read that text, as you think about some of the things that Stephen says and the way he does, even the fact that they took him outside of the city, that should remind you of something somebody else did. Hmm? Somebody named Jesus. Seeing God in, in the heavens. Maybe thinking of Jesus' baptism. Right? They took Jesus outside of the city to crucify him. Um, Stephen responds with a psalm, just like Jesus did. Right? And even at the very end, Stephen says, 
forgive them. Which sounds very much like Jesus. And so the way that Stephen responds is a way for us to think about the life of Jesus. We are called to live like Jesus, don't you think? And if that's true, then maybe the way that we live like Jesus is to think about some of the compassion that he had for people. And that maybe we're supposed to live that way too. Think about the forgiveness that he offered people, and maybe that means that's a way for us to be like Jesus too. The way he showed love to people, the way even that he corrected people, the way he did life is the way we should do life as well, just like Stephen did. Now, Jesus said, I am the way, and I am the truth. And we all know, or at least we've all heard, the truth hurts, doesn't it? And we didn't read Stephen's speech or his defense of himself, if you want to call it that. But essentially, if you go back those verses and read it, he goes through the whole history of, of God's people and how Moses did what Moses did and Solomon and the prophet, John, and so on and so on and so on. And then he gets to the, the real nitty-gritty part of it. And, you know, you stiff-necked, uncircumcised of the heart people. Boy, he's just getting them, getting them really good. And what he's really saying is, the truth of what he is saying, I think if we could reinterpret it, is this. That sometimes, many times, quite often, those of us who know better do the worst. Here you had the people who knew the law. They were given the law. They knew it forwards and backwards. They knew everything about it. Yet, yet they would not allow for God's Spirit to dwell in them. And here we are all these thousands of years later, and quite frankly, friends, some things don't ever change. We who talk about knowing about the love of God, knowing about the forgiveness of God, knowing about the mercy and the justice of God and of Jesus, we know so much about that, yet quite often we are the ones who do the worst damage against those things. And that is the truth of what Stephen preached. That is the truth that we have to realize. So much of what Jesus says in the Gospels, I don't want to say all, but I think I'd be pretty close. Everything he has to say is not against pagan people. It's not against people of other religions. Everything he has to say is against you and me. Because we are the ones who should know better. Because this truth has been given to us. Oh, you know what I mean. How many times do I hear, well, I believe, Brother John, in the power of prayer. I'll just let somebody else do it for me because, you know, I'm not good with words and I got other things going on I kind of forget, right? Or I just love being at church. I mean, as long as there's nothing else going on, right? Because, you know, family's here or, you know, I got to do this and I got to... Do that. You understand, John, don't you? Sure I do. <laughs> or, or, John, yeah, I believe i got to give to the church. Got to give to the Lord. What's the Lord? So here, take my dollar, please. 
Or, you know, I want to be here to help the church, but, you know, I, I can't do anything. Y- y'all go on, go on without me. Y'all don't need me. I'm just in the way. Or I'd love to be a witness to Jesus, but, I mean, come on. I'm no evangelist. I can't do anything like that. And friends, the truth is, that's just what we are called to be about. Whenever you come and be a part of the United Methodist Church, you say, I will... Support God's church with my prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. It's not for me. Not even for you, really. It's for God. And the truth is, we don't always live up to that. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you think about Stephen, think about the life he lived. And, you know, it was a short passage, relative, relatively short passage that we have about Stephen. But what we do know is this. If maybe you remember, as Peter is preaching and as things are, are happening, the Holy Spirit's working, people are coming to this, to this faith in Jesus like crazy, right? Starts off with 3,000 people and more and more and more being added. And here you have Peter and the other apostles, and they're trying to teach and they're trying to preach and they're trying to pray and all this stuff. But with all these people, there's a lot of other things you've got to do, right? You've got to wait tables for people. You've got to help them. You've got to serve them. And it's really hard to be so connected to all that to be able to have time also to preach as well. And they get to a point and they say, wait a minute, we need some help. And, and, and they decide that we need to go find seven people who are wise and full of the Spirit. And Stephen, the martyr, is one of those seven. He is one of the people who has chosen at first to to help, to serve the people so that the apostles can do what they are doing, preaching and teaching and so on. And that that idea of service and helping, uh, traditionally we we look back to Stephen and the other six being selected here, and this is where we get our word of deacon. right? Deacons are people in the church who help the preachers and the ministers. right? And here you have a person in Stephen who lives his life for other people. He has been selected and he has committed to serving everybody else in that community. And we can also look at the way he died. I mean, that's a way you give your life to God, very literally. And I think it's important for us, sometimes that language we use, um, oh, I, I gave my life to God. I affirm that language. If you use it, I think that's great. Praise God for it. But think about what you're saying. When you give something to someone, it's no longer yours, right? So let's just say Miss Doreen gave me $100. She can't tell me how to spend it. She gave it to me. And if I want to go out and have a steak dinner, I'm going to go out and have a steak dinner because she gave me the money. Y'all with me? We can talk later, right, Miss Doreen, maybe? Yeah, that's, that's right. But if she gave it to me, it becomes mine. And if we have the nerve to say, I gave my life to God, it's no longer yours, it's God's. For God's use, for God's purpose, for God's work, not for your own stuff. Because when you gave it, your life away, you gave all that up. 
And that seems to be the kind of life that Stephen lived. So in this short passage that we have about Stephen the martyr, we can see the words of Jesus just coming alive. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, I don't know if Stephen ever heard Jesus say those words or if he ever saw them written down. I very highly doubt that he ever did. But boy, he lived them out, didn't he? And he serves as a great example, I think, for us to look at as well. When we are considering what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, what it means to be a lover of God, what it means to be someone who follows and commits their life to Christ, we can look at the life of Stephen and think about those words of Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Reality is some might look at Stephen and think, well, that Jesus stuff didn't work out too well for him. Look what happened to him. Maybe they have a point, don't they? If winning is everything, they may have a point. Because he lost. He lost, didn't he? Well, depends on who you're talking to. Because people can say the same thing about us, can't they? when we have the same defense as Stephen, that, you know what, this is what God has done in my life. Or when we face our own struggles and our own defeats, people can say, ha, 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 you lost. God lost, Stephen. Well, it depends on how you look at it. Because I am convinced that when we live our lives dedicated or devoted, if that language means anything to you this morning, devoted to the way to the truth, and to the life of Jesus Christ, we always win. When we win at something, think about our games and think about our goals, things like that. When we win at those things, it becomes about us. And look what I did. Look what I was able to accomplish. Look how good I am, maybe. But when we win the right way, say that, bunch of times fast. When we win the right way, the way, the truth, and the life, then all the victory goes to God and not us. So friends, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we can win when we live that way too. In Jesus' name.